Um, a couple months ago, I had the chance to give a chapel at New Danville Mennonite School to the students and to the uh, faculty there, to uh, Anne and Aloy and Beth Yoder. And uh, I taught them a call and response that uh, I want to teach to you this morning. How about if we make your side of the sanctuary over here, you get to be Jesus this morning, and you get to be Peter, and then we'll go back to Jesus. Now, I'm not a very good singer, so indulge me here. Here's how it goes. Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Can you do that? Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Now what I want to do this morning is I want you to feel the full drama and the pathos of this story. So we're going to do this later on in my sermon three times. And the first time we're just going to do it at normal volume. Let's try it again. Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Now we're going to go louder. Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Get that last note. Love you. (laughs) Then feed my sheep. And the third time, we're going to do it very quietly, as if through tears, whispering, Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. And feed my sheep. Very good. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for the way that we find our story in your story again and again. How in the failures and in the denials of the disciples we see our own failures and our own denials. And in the forgiveness and in the grace that you offer to them, these are offered to us this morning as well. We pray through Christ. Amen. I'm going fishing, Peter says and announces to his six friends. Well, so are we, they reply, and they all pile in to a boat for a night of fishing out on the Sea of Galilee. After living through the anguish of abandoning Jesus, after living through the trauma of his brutal execution, and then the euphoria of his resurrection... They've now come home to Galilee again, to the comfort of familiar activities and reassuring routines. 
the bobbing of their boat upon the waters. The art of a well-thrown net. And the knowledge that the very best fishing in Galilee takes, pay, takes place after the sun goes down. But by daybreak, after catching nothing at all, a mysterious figure suddenly appears on the shoreline and tells them to throw their net to the other side. Now, this is in the boat where some very choice words are now exchanged about people who on dry land offer gratuitous fishing advice. (laughs) Some spicy language, no doubt. But hey, they're desperate. They're hungry. And so they throw in their net just as instructed, and soon they're hauling in their astonishing catch. And one of them now shouts out in recognition, It's the Lord! And Peter, who is fishing naked, just love Peter, (laughs) pulls on some clothes, throws himself now in the water, and swims to Jesus. And when he gets ashore, he finds Jesus tending a charcoal fire. A charcoal fire, anthrakia in Greek. And suddenly Peter finds himself taken back to another anthrakia, another charcoal fire, fire, the only other charcoal fire in the whole New Testament. Suddenly Peter is back, back, back in the high priest's courtyard where Jesus is being mocked and being questioned and Peter is warming himself by a charcoal fire. And beside that charcoal fire, he vehemently denies being connected with Jesus in any way. Three times he is asked, are you his disciple? And three times he says, I am not. I am not his disciple. I am not his disciple. Remember those words. Bring over some of your fish, Jesus suddenly says, bringing Peter all the way back to the present moment. And Peter runs over to haul in their catch of 153 fish. Count them. 153. Don't you love that detail? Not 152, not 154, 153. It's a preview of the superabundance of the coming kingdom harvest and Peter's special role as fisher-in-chief. Come and have some breakfast, Jesus now says to the six and to Peter 
his denier. And as he breaks bread, they must surely flash back to their last supper that they had with him. And because of the fish, they must also flash back to the earlier feeding that he did of the 5,000 and of them by the Sea of Galilee near this same place. And by now, nobody needs to be asking who he is. In Jesus' offering here of food and fellowship, we see the firstness, the prevenience, the primacy of God's grace. Apart from this assurance of God's grace, would Peter or would any of us ever have the courage to turn from our lost and sinful ways? The whole Gospel is the story of God's amazing grace coming to us even before we've seen our wrong. Even before we've even had the chance to feel sorrow for our sins. As it says so beautifully in Romans 5, even while we were still sinners, lost and alienated from God, Jesus comes to reconcile and to bring us home. Home. Home to God. And after breakfast, it's beside that charcoal fire that our Lord now ministers one-on-one to Peter in what has to be one of the most tender conversations in the whole Bible. By repeating the same conversation three times, Jesus is taking Peter back to the night that he promised to lay down his life for Jesus and ended up denying him three times instead. He is taking him back to that terrible night that turned him into a weeping and broken man. Let's hear that first conversation for the first time again. Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. By calling him Simon, Jesus is taking him all the way back to their very first meeting. Right back to this very beach where he first renamed him Peter. And notice that Jesus doesn't ask him, will you obey me? Or do you believe me? But do you love me? Love, you see. Love, you see, is who God is. And it is to be the primary motivation for all that you and I and Peter do. And now with increasing intensity, Jesus repeats that same conversation again. 
Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. By now, Peter must surely be waiting for Jesus' angry rebuke and condemnation. But instead, Peter's betrayal is being named, relived, and completely forgiven. Jesus forgives who Peter has been, a denier, so that Peter can become who he really is, a shepherd of God's flock. What must it feel like for Peter to begin to realize that not even his own direct denial of Jesus can move him outside the circle of Jesus' love and forgiveness? And now whispering, Jesus repeats their conversation a third and a last time. Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. By this charcoal fire today, Jesus not only offers Peter bread and grilled fish, but a brand new future. His forgiveness makes a whole new future possible for Peter and for us as well. As our dear Peter becomes, and our dear Peter becomes a symbol for us of how Jesus desires to heal and to transform and to send each of us as well. As we've been seeing throughout the season of Easter, Jesus' resurrection and forgiveness launches his followers on a brand new trajectory of discipleship and mission. And we feel again in this story today the tremendous centrifugal power of the gospel propelling us outward to tend and to feed God's sheep. You see, Peter and his friends are such amazing and passionate witnesses of our Lord's amazing grace precisely because they have experienced it so personally themselves. Forgiven much, Jesus sends them out now to forgive and to love others with the same lavish abandon. And dear friends, in some relationship where you are struggling right now, maybe at work, maybe in your home or neighborhood, what might that mean for you? When Jesus first met Peter three years earlier on the shoreline, 
Jesus' very first words to him were, follow me. And now today, his very last words to Peter are the same ones again in verse 19, follow me. You see, there's no sitting around on the beach basking in the warmth of the risen sun. Jesus now launches Peter and he launches us into lives of radical followership and mission. And follow Jesus, Peter does. And eventually follows him even to the capital of the Roman Empire. In the end, Peter does finally keep his bold promise to lay down his life for Jesus. You see, in Rome, his death upside down on a cross proclaims to the whole world, I am, I am his disciple. And maybe even more importantly, it says to the whole world and to Jesus, Lord, you know I love you. Lord, you know I love you. May our lives as well embody and communicate that same love. Amen.